So maybe let's start. Maybe let's go back to the start of the journey there. Like, um, you were quite. Like I remember always seeing you, like from you know ten, twelve years ago. Ten, yeah, at least ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, I always find it interesting to know how people came to find out about CrossFit, especially back in the day. Like, because yeah. it it isn't, it wasn't what it is now. No. Um, you had to be a bit crazy, like we all were, to want to try it out back then. I we didn't learn CrossFit in like, like at CrossFit Adelaide or at a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. It was with a PT that had learned CrossFit. Oh wow! Off YouTube e- even and stuff. further back. Okay. Yeah. How, what year so was that? It was probably about two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. Oh wow! Yeah. Damn. Okay. So who, who was that PT? Um, Clayton. Clayton. Yeah. Oh, so I remember Clayton. Yeah, Clayton. Yeah. Um, did he end up going to own? Uh, CrossFit Northern Adelaide? Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. So before that, he wow. was coaching me. Yeah. yeah. Was that at Starplex? At the Lodge. So the he lodge. was working at Starplex and the Lodge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, unreal. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So he was showing you, because that, that's really similar to how me and Lauren started. Like we would just find, um, yeah, we would just find things like, well, they're just like, I always tell people, like, and I always tell trainers nowadays, like, they're just you can just learn everything now. Like, like if you don't want to be a good trainer, that's on you nowadays. Like yeah. back can in just the day, see stuff on the internet. Yeah, back see in the day, like people. there was nothing. Like you would watch people, you would watch p- videos of people doing k- keeping pull-ups or butterflies, and then you'd just try and mimic what they were doing, rather because yeah. there was there wasn't even the structural tutorials on like how to do the thing. And when yeah. they first came out, they were just shit. They weren't very like it was just people who could do them who just talked you through it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, unreal. Okay, so you were doing uh, CrossFit through PT with Clay. Yeah. Um, he wasn't very confident with teaching Ollie. Okay, so yeah. So we did, like, clean and, like, push presses and stuff, but I had never done a snatch until I went to CrossFit Adelaide. Okay. So there was a lot of stuff that I hadn't And how long, how long did you do that with Clay? For about two to three years. I think he was my coach for about five years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. quite a while. Yep. And during that time, did you decide to go do, like, uh, like a foundations course? Like well, I went and did some PTs with Ben. And yep. then I um, did the first Fit Wars that he did as well. Like the very, like first, the very first one? first one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, that so was good. That's, that's more OG than me. I missed out on the first one. Yeah. I there wasn't a lot of women that did it. Yeah. And so um, I think he was happy that I was doing it to try and encourage other women yeah, to yeah. do it. Yeah, so I can imagine. Yeah, because there were heavy deadlifts in that one. There was like workout with a 100 kilo deadlift. So I was good with that. Yeah. But then the stuff with the pull-ups and everything, I had to scale. Yeah. But there was no scaled option. It was just all, yeah. just one class. Just one, just yeah. one division. Yeah. Uh, 100 kilo deadlifts, for, that would have been 2010. Yeah. <laughs> that is extremely heavy, especially yeah, for yeah. women. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, one of my my introduction to CrossFit officially was Fit Wars too. Like I kind of thought that I was doing it at home, and it wasn't until I went there I was like, oh, there's all this technique to all these movements. Like yeah. that's crazy. So I participated in that one as well. In Fit Wars, Fit Wars two, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think I remember seeing you yeah. far it's out. Um, I think the first three or four I did, and then I just judged because I had put on a bit of weight yeah. after that. So, how long were you? How long were you going to CrossFit Adelaide for? About three years, I think. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, what What attracted you to to I guess that type of method of training? Um, well, I had done before Clayton um, 
group fitness classes at the lodge. Mm-hmm. So I had done all the like Les Mills, like body pump and everything. But then the um, my first trainer, we did a lot of like PTs with um, bodybuilding style. Yeah. So then when he kind of got sacked from the gym, I went to Clayton and he was like, your style's going to... I'm going to train you so differently. Yeah. This is how I want to train you. And he told me about CrossFit and to look it up on the internet. What was one of the first videos that you um, saw of CrossFit when you looked it up? I just I saw these people doing these crazy things with the, the bar and then running and doing everything. And I was like, that looks really intense, but really good. Like, that's something I want to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, I think they did such good ads, like, at the start, like... I don't know. It was like just raw. It was, it was just raw. It yeah, literally it was. was. Just, and it yeah. like, I remember the first ad I saw, it was an Adidas ad for Chris Spieler. And he was one of my favorites. Oh, he and still I is. I still follow him. And still, I just, yeah, same. Yeah. He still is one right. of my favorites. Like, he's yeah. like, I'm, I met him at the games like a few years ago. And I just was like, I've never had such Starstruck. a fanboy yeah. moment. <laughs> and f- like, f- for so many reasons. But yeah, like, I remember seeing an ad of him and Heather Bergeron. Um, and it was like an Adidas ad. And I didn't even know what it was, but I'm like, how is this small dude lifting such heavy weights? Yeah. And then they was doing pull-ups and, I w- and they were talking about like being actually fit. And I was like, I want to be actually fit. <laughs> I don't know, like <laughs> it just, yeah. the, the rawness and the grittiness of it really uh, yeah. got to me. Yeah, and just, just how intense and brutal it was. It wasn't like just, we just cardio well and sweat on. Well like it like was like, yeah, just smash yeah, yourself. Yeah, of course. Like I think, yeah. um, I don't know. You see, like, I remember going, like, I've always loved the gym, but I've always hated, like, and I think now it's gone over to the other end where it's, like, extremely, even the non-glamorous places try and be glamorous. Like, yeah. uh, but I just hated, like, I just wanted to go in and work hard. And I liked, you know, when, I liked it when people wore just shirts that, you know, weren't gym shirts to the gym, and yeah. like I just, I loved, I loved that about it. Um, and I think CrossFit just fully embodied that, like just you know, an actual yeah. place where people go to chalk work. or like the black tires. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like yeah, if of course. Just all messed up. A hundred percent. And yeah. you know, like uh, the the you know the callous hands and the the bit of blood. Blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's just it's just real. Um, yeah. I think it's um, very human. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, you were at CrossFit Adelaide. Yeah. Um, and then from there, what sort of... But I had lost... So, I've always struggled with my weight. Mm-hmm. And I I had lost about 80 kilos from when I started going to the gym and doing the group fitness classes and then This training. is from like two, from 2009 or... Probably 2008. From 2008 yeah. to yeah. 2000... Nine, ten, yeah, it was about 80 kilos. I had okay. lost it wow. in, a, in a year, lost quite a lot doing, just working out. And that is incredible. But I had, I had a really bad addiction to working out. So I was doing like two to probably six hours a day, classes, training, like five to seven days a week. Like, it was crazy. That, that sounds yeah. full on. So this will be the moment in the podcast where I get to introduce you and your story. So today we are... Talking to Jules Jackson. Yep. Does that, does that say your last name? That's yep. right. Cool. Um, and the reason why, uh, well, this part of the story that we want to share today is um, Jules has lost over 100 kilos. Yep, 110 now. Which is <laughs> like, um, which is mind-boggling, right? Yeah. Um, 
And I have like so many questions, like uh, you know, just just to to ask you like about how you've gone through that journey. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like I guess right now is probably just a good good time to uh, just to tell the listeners who maybe just um, haven't clued on yet. Uh, so let's go into the first eighty kilos that you lost, right? Yeah. So. Um, like a lot of people out there uh, really struggle with weight loss. Yeah. Like, like I think there's like these basic pillars that I think as humans we really struggle with, right? Like, um, like our bodies being like, you know, just our health, we'll call yeah. that a pillar, right? Relationships, um, you know, uh, your, your purpose, things of this nature, right? Yeah. And uh, these are like, you know, I think there's like three or four of them that are like, there are these major things that I think a lot of us, we, we want to have a better handle on them, right? Um, yeah. But but we struggle to win. And a lot of the times I think the struggle comes from like, in some ways, like we get told that these are things that we should just be able to like have a grip on. Yeah. Um, oh. And and I think that's fucked because like, that it's kind of like, I always, I always think of this as the analogy of like, when you're a kid, you look at grown-ups as people who know what they're doing and then you become a grown-up and you realize that it's just kids who <laughs> pretend, are pretending yeah. to know what they're doing, right? Um, and everybody's trying to like almost fool each other, like. And uh, as far as like weight loss, it's like that's why I'm really passionate about it because like it's like the thing that like people understand like what they need to do, but like that's almost like the non-important stuff. Like it's yeah. r- it really comes down to like really a good understanding and about like the what mental ex- struggle is probably the hardest part. I think a hundred percent. Like yeah. the the why you like. Why do you want to do it? Like, why do you actually want to do this thing? So let's let's start there with you. Like, what was that moment like for you when you decided, like, I'm going to go on this like weight loss journey, or I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do this thing for my health? Like, yeah. what happened with you? I'm, I'm heaps interested so to know. Me and my sister, we were both really obese and needing to like just get a life, really. Like, um, being single, I was over 180 kilos. I needed to to lose weight. I just knew I needed to for my health. So um, I had struggled to try and diet and just exercise on my own. So one of m- our friends suggested going to a doctor and getting a referral to see a dietitian and blood tests and stuff. So that, that kind of snow, snowballed it all. And then we joined the gym at the same time. And how did that experience go with seeing the dietitian? I think that was good because um, I still touch base with her now and then. Um, she's been really good and... And I'll like refer people to see her as well because she's been a help over the years. Like, um, yeah. what were what were some of the first steps that you like? So you were you were 180 kilos when you first went to see her. Yeah. What were some of the first steps that you took that um, I guess allowed you to start that journey? Because there might be other similar people like in a yeah, similar position. Yeah. So just um, following her diet and cutting the foods that that weren't good. So. Um, and w- like, like where where did that start for you? Um, so. We just got rid of everything that was like crap food in our house and it was easy because it was just me and my sister. Um, so we both were doing it together. So then there w- we weren't bringing that stuff home. Um, um, so at the and start and it and was what, really what, what were some easy. of the examples of those things? Like chips or like chocolate, like biscuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those easy to eat foods, comfort foods kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did you replace take them with something? Like y- okay. Yeah, takeout is what easy as well. Like what, were, what were some of your f- like go-to takeouts back in the day? Oh, pizza or even Subway, but then would get the two bags of chips with the sub, you oh, okay. know, like yeah. eat them after. And yeah. yeah. And how did you go, like, how did you, uh, 
how did you physically respond to cutting out a lot of that food and emotionally respond to that? Um, yeah, it was a struggle at the start, but I think we still rewarded ourselves. And so we still had treat meals and cheat days and stuff. So we were still giving ourselves those treats that, yeah. that initially, like, now I look look back on that it was probably I rewarding myself with food. That wasn't a good thing to kind of do. But I would do things a lot differently now. But then that that's a learning curve that I've... Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. And I think, like, I think these moments or those moments specifically are so important because you need, like, you need all these failures to get to the end goal. Like, I think we live in this world where... Um, you know, we, we see things through, like, Instagram and stuff, and we just see, like, the result, right? And we, yeah. we don't often see the, the work that gets put in there. And, um, you know, to get to the thing that you want to get to, like, a lot of the time, like, you do have to go through these pitfalls where you maybe try methods that weren't 100%. But in some ways, those, the, like, even going through those methods is part of, like, what gets you to eventually you being able to do the thing that you want to do. Yeah. And so for me, even as a child, I was set up with bad eating habits and being able to eat a lot of food and being given a lot of food. So I was never really learnt to be satisfied with food. Yeah. So that that kind of set me up to, to fail a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So a lot. So you lose the, the eighty kilos. Yeah. Um how long did that take to lose exactly? I reckon about a year and a bit. Like it, it came off pretty quick. We were pretty dedicated and strict at the start. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that going to a lot of classes at the gym, predominantly um, the group fitness classes at the lodge, like the Les Mills classes. Yeah. And then I was doing my PTs a couple of times a week. So doing, like, at the start it was, like, the bodybuilding style. Then halfway through that year it was, like, doing the um, CrossFit stuff. Um, How did... Like, how does sustainability of what you were doing come into the picture there? Like, how sustainable was it and at what stage did it become unsustainable? So, after a year, I think we started doing too much. And, like, we had had gone... Um, so, I started at the Aquadome and then moved to the Lodge because there were more classes available there. So, we were doing a lot more classes, training a lot more. They had classes on the weekends more. So, that just opened us to train more and then we were like hungry more yeah so so you're training more and then you're like you just got to eat more so it kind of snowballs into that effect as well oh 100 like, percent. like i am really big on explaining this to people like um so like i've been trying to share my per- i've been trying to share my personal weight loss journey at the moment like um just on my instagram and like i probably am training the least because i know that like in the past like when I train a lot, like, I'm really hungry. And I, th- I think that's a really common thing that uh, just doesn't get explained often to people when they, like, join a gym. Like, and it, it's almost why, like, in my messaging, like, I try not to talk about always, like, the gym being the solution. Because yeah. uh, for some people, like, it, it will be. But for a lot of people, like, if you join a gym and you start training and you, don't ha- you haven't really thought about what other implications that's going to have, like, a lot of the time, it's just going to make you hungrier. Yeah. And, and you've got to go to the right foods. Exactly, exactly right. Otherwise, like it's a waste of time. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, even going, you know, circling back to something that you mentioned earlier, Jules, like you said, you were rewarding yourself with certain kinds of food. Like that's yeah. like the first thing people do when they go to the gym, right? Like yeah. they go to the gym, they 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 hit their workout hard, they look at their 
um, Garmin watch, they look at how many calories they've burned and they're like, oh, 500. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, we'll, we'll get takeaway tonight. And it's like, you know, like it's, uh, it just doesn't quite work that way, no. right? And maybe they, and I think a lot of the times, like the reason why maybe we do this as people is, you know, we all have a friend, right, who like just can eat whatever they want. And yeah. you see them go to the gym and eat whatever they want. And you're like, well, now I can be like that. And it's uh, just the understanding that like we're, we're all different. Like yeah. food affects us all differently. And, and food always makes you feel good. Like people can sometimes make you feel like crap. A hundred percent. And then like, you know, food's always been there and it's always good. So, yeah, like um, even if you're having a bad day, sometimes you don't want to work out, but food will be there yeah yeah, yeah so it's, 100%. it's a hard thing to like curve yes very true so you get to the point where you realize that maybe you're doing too much you said oh i was told by my coaches okay yeah but i kind of didn't listen to them and 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 no thinking back now i wish i had like because it did set me up to fail a lot and i wasn't sleeping at night either very good so then Were you working out like pretty late, like close to night time? Yeah, so I was doing like early classes sometimes, working through the day and then doing classes at night, two or three classes at night and then not getting home until like 9, 9.30. Then, yeah, just not sleeping. I'd have like a couple of hours sleep. I'd be in bed for like, but yeah. Th my coach said it's the cortisol, just the stress hormone. Yeah. I was doing so much. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, when when and that's the like bad habits that, as well. That's like an, that again. There's all these things about exercise that I think people just don't understand. Maybe are a little bit counterintuitive. Like, um, I recently was going to a jiu-jitsu gym that had uh, classes like quite late at night, and one of the reasons why I had to swap gyms. And I I really love this gym, but because I get up really early to coach morning classes, like I was just the class here would finish at 9 p.m. And I would get home and I would just be so, like, razzled up. Even even if I wasn't, yeah. even if I was tired, like, and it would take me just so long to go to sleep, I'd be asleep for hours. The adrenaline's still Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. And I just realized, I'm like, I need to, like, find a gym that has hours earlier um, and now do the opposite I go in the mornings. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was nothing to do with the gym. It was just to do with the fact that, like, you don't realize the effect that exercise can sometimes like have on you. Like, yeah. um, and then it, you know, and that's all it is. Like it's a domino effect. Like you don't get to sleep late. You get, you stay up a little bit later. You know, when you stay up later, you probably also don't eat as well. Yeah. Right. Then just you just affects everything. Like it becomes training. this domino effect. Yeah. Right. So, um, so your coaches were telling you that you were training too much, but yeah. you, you didn't listen. Yeah. Uh, at what, at what, st at what stage did you like bring some awareness to that, that maybe you were training too much? Um, well, I even had, like, um, torn cartilage in my knee and, and needed an arthroscopy, but I was still training, just getting, like, um, cortisol, like, injection every few months until I... I reckon it was about six months until I had, like, an arthroscopy, but I was just getting cortisol every month. Oh, wow. Just <laughs> going through. Like, so I could still train and, and do things, but... Um, yeah, even went to the doctor and got sleeping tablets. Okay. I was like, well, yeah. if I'm not sleeping, I'll get sleeping tablets, and I was prescribed them, and that set up a bad habit as well. Yeah. Yeah. How did those sleeping did those sleeping tablets have like other side effects that affected like your hunger and stuff like that, or? Not that I noticed too much with that, and I was getting the sleep, but it's a fake sleep, really. Yeah. And then, long-term use of those drugs can lead 
to like Alzheimer's and stuff when you're older. So yeah, like researching that when I had been on them for about a year, I was like, well, that's not something I really yeah yeah of course want to be on. <laughs> Yeah. Now, when you lost those eight, those eight first 80 kilos, um, did you put any of those back on afterwards? Yeah, I did. So I got down to about 100, but it was never maintainable. Um, so I was maintaining more about 110, 120. So now, um, what what part of it did not f was it when you say it wasn't maintainable? What does that mean to you? Um, well, I think it was my diet because it 100% was my diet because I was still eating a lot and still eating crap quite a lot of the time, even though I was training like two to six hours a day. So I was doing all that training and I still wasn't like losing the weight. Okay, so you were like yeah. kind of sustaining the weight loss a lot through just how much activity you were doing yeah. instead yeah. of like... so it was like pointless calories really because I wasn't in calorie deficit. I wasn't yeah. Yeah, training and eating correctly. Yeah, so yeah. How, mu how much of that weight came back on? Well... So I was hov hovering around 120, yeah. And then when I started, um, like I changed jobs, but I, back then I had become like a group fitness instructor and a PT and I was working two jobs plus doing PT stuff. And I was only doing that for a little bit. But then when family life changed, my sister got sick and I had to kind of stop working and then my training schedule changed. And I was still trying to do stuff, but I wasn't training as hard. Then I put a lot more weight back on. Um, to eventually, like, just got comfortable in life and stopped training altogether. Yep. Yeah. And how long Which, did you stop training for? Um, I reckon about 2014, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. I had just sort of, like, given up. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I understand. Yeah. And then what reignited your, what reignited well, the fire? Um, I got to about 190, over 190 kilos. Um, and I had, every year I had tried to like kickstart my, you know, weight loss and like get motivation and like save this, you know, inspiration off um, Facebook or Instagram, like, positive quotes and like eating healthy and stuff but I couldn't couldn't like stay on track yep. so I was I was trying to do it and I just wasn't wasn't quite able to do it myself and then one of the girls at work had weight loss surgery and I was on on a waiting list through the public system mm -hmm. that can take up to 10 12 years oh wow yeah. so I had been on it since about 2014 on on the wait list because I had put on so much weight even though I was still training then I, I um, decided to to get weight loss surgery back then but one of the girls at work this would have been about 2019 she had weight loss surgery and lost a lot of weight and so I was talking with her and I went and saw her surgeon and then that's sort of what in two th 2020 yeah yep. got got that ball rolling. Okay. Yeah. What was that experience like? That was really good. And it was eye-opening in how they explained obesity and how our bodies, like, we, we fight with trying to lose weight and uh, trying to be fat, like, because that's all it's really known. Like, 
from when I was a child. So that that struggle, like I thought it was like me failing, but it was also my body failing me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course, because so like it's been at this, um, like its version of homeostasis is for, for you in that situation would be you with like, you know, all these excess body weight. Yeah. And um, yeah, like the body doesn't want to change. Like, and I think that's like another thing that I think doesn't get often explained. Like um, I talked about this today in this little podcast, uh, you know, like little eight minute podcast thing. But like, I think, I think we get told that the journey is going to be a lot easier than it's going to be. Yeah. Like it, it's like, it's hard. Like you're, you're literally retraining like everything about you, like to be different, like, you know, changing your behavior, changing how you think, changing how you talk to yourself, changing your habits, like what you do, yeah. how often you do it, how much you sleep, what time you go to sleep at, who you hang out with, what you eat, what you order, like what your like comfort food becomes, like needs to change. Like yeah. everything needs to change. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> So you have the, the weight loss surgery and yeah. um, like what surgery did you have specifically? Well, um, I was going to have gastric bypass surgery and so I saw the surgeon in September 2020 and I was 192 kilos and he wanted me to lose 20 kilos and have surgery in December mm-hmm. and I did do that yep. but when it came to surgery day, I was still a little bit too big. So he did the um, sleeve yep. and then he was going to get me back um, in the following year to do the bypass, which he did, and I had my gallbladder removed. That was May last year. Okay, yeah. Yep. So two surgeries then? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how much weight did you lose on the first surgery? Um, I had lost about 60 kilos, I think. Yeah. So... I was losing quite a, a lot of weight and I probably could have just stayed up with the sleeve but because I needed my gallbladder out, I was yeah, just do the surgery that it, he was originally going to do anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is that? F- so you go into surgery at X weight and then you come off? <laughs> it's it, So they just remove um, a lot of your stomach. Yeah. So then, and that's with the sleeve and with the bypass, they l- because he had already done the um, stomach, is removing some of the upper intestine as well. Yeah. So the absorption of food yep. is different as well. Uh, what does that feel like to have lost those first 60 kilos? Um, What's it like? Well, because I had lost... It just come off quick. Like it's... And my brain is still... Hasn't caught up with how much I've lost. I still feel... Like, think that. Yeah. Like... The body dysmorphia. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because it's been a year and a half and 110 kilos, that's like a lot. Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like when, you, like when I saw your story, I was like, that is unreal. Yeah. yeah. Like that could be several people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the struggles, I guess, that you face now, like with um, having, I guess, like the, the psychological part of that, like I guess just seeing Look, yourself so differently than you had been for so long? The, there's a struggle with like the old jewels and what I was able to do because I was quite strong. Yeah. And because I have been in calorie deficit a lot, I haven't been able to be as strong. And so this year I've been working with my coach to to build strength and muscle, but that in turn has been a struggle. Like yep. trying to eat more and I can only eat so much 
at a time. And then like my body's obviously not absorbing everything that I eat. So like I'm a constant struggle. Like that's a struggle now. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. So just not being as strong and I'm working on like technique more than because I had pretty bad technique back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what have been some of the like food habit changes that you oh like, I guess so implemented? I don't have sugar at all. So that's one thing. Like, cause it's easy to, I suppose, eat a lot of sugar. But when I first saw the surgeon and he had booked in surgery, so from September 2020, I was like, all right, until I have surgery, I'm going to go sugar free. But then when I got to surgery, I was like, oh, I've done it this far. Let's go six months. Then I got to six months and I'm like, I can just not have sugar now. Yeah. Do you yeah. find it easier now that you just don't have sugar to not really crave it? Well, I don't crave it, so I'll have like fruit or something. Yeah. Um, so I do have sugar-free stuff um, and I don't think that makes me crave the sugars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have chocolate or lollies or cake. That's stuff that I would have eaten a lot yep. back in the day. Uh, I'm really interested in knowing, like, I guess, how do you, um, like, what does your meal structure look like nowadays? Like, are you somebody who, do you have, like, structured meals where you always have, like, breakfast, lunch and dinner? Do you, um, like, snack a lot throughout the day? Do you? I like will have to make sure I get my snacks and meals, like, afternoon tea and stuff that I am eating regularly. Because if I go too long, because I can just go a long time now, because part of the weight loss surgery... And because I've removed a lot of your stomach, you don't have that hunger hormone gurin. I think that's pronounced right. Yep. So, so I, I don't always feel hungry. Mm-hmm. So um, when I'm not at work and I'm not in that routine of morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, like on weekends, sometimes it's like almost three o'clock and I've only had my breakfast coffee. And I'm like, oh, I need to eat. So yep. I, I, I know that I need to eat more regularly right now to give my food my body the fuel from food yeah yeah of course yeah um what have been some of the like like i just i should like any time that people lose weight like i think the uh, i think one of the unspoken things that make weight loss challenging is that it affects things uh it will affect other things about your life that maybe you like don't quite realize so i guess um how like do you feel like a different person, like, having lost all that weight? Yeah. Um, and, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, how does that affect, like, things like, the basic things like your work, like, job, like, oh. friendships, <laughs> you know, family, well, all I that sort of stuff? Well, I work in childcare, and so I'm, I'm in a baby room sitting down with the kids all day, so I do have a lot more energy to be able to get up and down off the floor and pick the children up, and it's easier to move around than when I was 190 kilos. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. So that's a good positive impact, yeah. yeah. Um, so I do have a lot more energy, even with my nieces and nephew, like, to be able to run around with them and, and play and do stuff, like, yeah. Uh, how, d- how did the weight loss affect things, like, just your, your friendships and, and relationships and things like that? Yeah, well, um, sometimes people treat, like, them different, like, they're more... Um, even in the shops, like when you go shopping, they'll approach you more when you're skinnier than when you're bigger. Yeah. Like so, even everyone like sometimes treats you a bit differently. Like shop assistants will come and ask me, 
if they can help me or as I didn't always get that before. Okay. Like, yeah. So that's that's been different. Yeah. But even with my body hormonally, like I has was so big, like it happened when I was a teenager, I had stopped getting my period because I was so big. And then when I lost weight the first time, um, I started getting my regular period. And then when I put my weight back on, I stopped again. Yeah. And so that's n like when I lost weight again, that's come back regularly. Yeah. That's one thing people like don't always know that when you're really big and I suppose also it happens when you're too small, like too lower body weight, you, you stop getting your period and that's... And yeah, it affects people's body. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um how does that how does that emo how does that affect you psychologically like just the hormone like <laughs> monthly like for you yeah, do you have do you have sometimes um, it, it's a bit hard. The first month when I got my period back I lost like seven and a half kilos in four days. Oh wow. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was pretty intense. Unreal. Yeah. So just those monthly changes as well in body, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, what are, like, I guess having been through so many of these journeys and, uh, and having tried this out, like, so many different times, like, um, I'm always really interested in, in hearing how people would maybe do things differently, like, if they could go back to the start and knowing what you know now, like, what, what sort of, like, um, what sort of changes would you do to the journey to try and like help yourself get to like where you've gotten to. I uh, I always think what if I if I could go back and then I, it's like well I don't want to waste time thinking about that like because it does get me sort of sometimes sad about like you know what I could be doing or could have done had I done it differently. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, but I just wish maybe I had of gotten on top of my weight loss while I was putting it back on earlier on so yeah. I could nip that in the bud but yeah yeah it's really hard when you're yeah looking back like what if I did this or what if I had have listened to my coach when I was overtraining or yeah no no yeah, I understand those that those things yeah. like it's yeah, yeah. It, it can definitely be, be hard to to look to look back on them yeah um what have been some of like the crucial sort of like behavior ch behavior changes that you've stuck to that have like helped you keep the weight off? Yeah, so the not eating the sugar. Um, there's been times when my family have had junk food and and food in the house that have had, especially on the early days, that I just had to go in my room, have a bit of a cry or like not want to be part of that because that's the old jewels would have partook in, you know, eating all that crap. But um, so being stronger and then just not eating. So um, quite often me and my partner don't eat the same meals because it's just not food that I would eat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I structure my, like, plan my food. I'll do meal preps. But I always have healthy food options in the freezer or the, the fridge. I think that's I think that's such a key for people when they are trying to lose weight. Like, um, you know, like I'm a I'm a big believer in pushing this message that I don't think people are lazy. They just don't have the right systems in their life yeah. to help them like do the thing easily. Like, um, and I think that's like a lot a lot of the a lot of the same thing with like you know just healthy eating. Like a lot of the time, like it it can just be harder to have access to like the healthier food options, or mm. or you just don't have education on like what they are, what they could be that you could be eating or 
or things like that. So yeah, having having things like that and hearing someone yeah. like yourself say that, like having healthy snacks available that yep. you know are and even nearby. like meals in the freezer ready that if you know if you need something if quick you need like something, you've got it. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of the time it's the reason why people you know maybe do opt for things like takeaway. It's like well. I can't be stuffed cooking and, like, you know, unfortunately, like, things like McDonald's, you know, are very cheap and fast. Oh, like, yeah. Regardless of them not being good for us, like, they're just cheap and fast, you know what I mean? So, it's, like, it's called... And you know, though, they they light up those, like, um, endorphins in the in Yeah, the of course, that, yeah. Like, those feel-good endorphins, and that's something that I've had to learn to, like... Um, like I've observed, so then instead of when I'm I'm craving something, like do something different, like go for a walk or like listen to music or a podcast, do something that's rewarding that I'm going to get those sort of feel-good um, feelings from now instead of going to food that I've yep. had to change. That, yeah. that brings me over to the next question I want to ask you, which was like... Um I guess how do you how do you stay motivated, or what do you look for for motivation? Um, it can be tricky at times, especially l- lately. I've found because um, I had a, a bit of an injury with my back, and so not being able to go to the gym or doing my normal routine, but I still had to, still went for walks and still did what I could do. Um, but just keeping track of that and keeping like you know going my walk tracker and like keeping track of that I'm you know keep moving and and doing things um but staying motivated by listening to like podcasts or like I was listening to um a lot of YouTube motivational stuff while I was injured just to help yeah what are some of the motivation I was going through a bit of a Dave Goggins oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like motivated me like yeah um I like I like the the um David Goggins. Yeah. I'm planning to read his book soon. You c- have you read that? No, you can't not hear yet. Me? Yeah. yeah. Um, I hear that's dark. Yeah, I hear yeah. it. Yeah, he goes into some of his past. Um, but, you yeah, know, he, he's good. Uh, Fires me up a bit. <laughs> what were some of your... What have been some of your personal motivations with the weight loss and, and keeping it off? Um, family, like my niece and nephew, um, just wanting to... to live longer for them and to to be motivational for them to see that, you know, you can live a healthy life and look after yourself and lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're young and, and my niece is six now and she's so proud of me and, like, will quite often talk about my weight loss to people and her teachers and stuff. Yeah. So they're, they're my motivation. Yeah, big motivation. What are some of the things that now that you've like lost a lot of this weight, you're realizing like, oh shit, like I could do that. Oh, um, I'm sure you have like so much, so, like yeah. a long list of things. Yeah. Um, well, just last week when I was babysitting, my niece and nephew went to the playground, and you know those big like um, pyramid type climbing things. I climbed to the top, and I've never done that ever in my life. Like climbed as a kid. Yeah, yeah even. I can imagine. So like that was like can do this like that's yeah. what i mean by like, like it just must be unreal like he's me 42 years old yeah like playing in a playground and that, that's kind of what i meant yeah. earlier like it must be unreal to just have like you have like a new body do you know what yeah. i mean like yeah and we went to st kilda and i was running up the stairs and going down the slides with them 
until my niece and nephew were like, oh, I'm tired now. Like, <laughs> I was yeah. still, like, ready, <laughs> like, we can go one more time. Yeah. Like, what are some of the things that when you were, like, a lot bigger were challenging or, like, can be really challenging for people that don't maybe don't realise? Like, when, somebody, when you weigh 180 kilos, like, what are some of the everyday things that, like, can become quite exhausting or challenging? Just even, like, um, walking around and, and doing everyday tasks. Like, it's exhausting on your, your knees and joints and stuff. And, like, if I went to the playground with my niece and nephew, I would have sat down a lot and not played with them as much. Like, I would have swung them on the swings, but I wouldn't have gotten in and swung on the swings with them or, like, you know, run around with them and had as much fun. So those sorts of things I think you just miss out on when you... Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, how does it feel to do something so, like, um, dynamic and active like CrossFit, like, without, like, all that weight? Oh, it's, it's different and my body's moving different and I've had to learn, like, even just lifting differently. Yep. Like, yep. now, I, like, I don't have as big a belly <laughs> to, <Yeah>. like, to <laughs> move Qu the bar around and Queens stuff. Queens and snatches yeah. probably feel a little yeah. bit different. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even just getting the, the rack positions yeah. better and different. Did, did you find your flexibility improved a lot? Like, or was it, did you have worse flexibility um, as the weight dropped? No, um, my flexibility is getting better and like, yeah, range of motion and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely getting better. Um, yeah, like I've, I've just always found that like, yeah, as people lose weight quite often, like a little benefit will just be they just become more flexible. Like, yeah. Yeah, when it's when the body's more of a weight that it wants to be at. Yeah, so I'm struggling like with lifting heavier at the moment, and I think that will start because now I'm sort of at a maintainable weight. I think that'll start getting better, but the gymnastic stuff is definitely sort of getting easier yeah. now that I'm, I'm a lot lighter. Yeah. What are some gymnastics movements that you can Even now do? Even just holding on to the bar. Okay, yeah. And uh, like um, when we do toes to bar, I'm doing like a kipping knee raise. So I'm able to do yeah. that stuff a bit more and like, yeah, Hol holding on like a lot longer than what I was able to before. Yeah. Like doing bar hangs and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, where to from here? Where, 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 where does Jules Jackson go from, from this point? Like what are your next goals? Um, well, continue trying to improve with CrossFit and get better. I think that's what everyone wants to do. Um, I do have referrals to see plastic surgeons about my excess skin because 110 kilos, there's a lot yep. of skin. like, um, And that does cause issues with exercising and stuff now. So without that, it would exercise will be a lot easier and nicer. Um, how does like um, how does things like the because I saw you make a post about this. Um, uh, how does like things like excess skin like affect you psychologically? Like how like how do you view it? Like um, all um, that sort of stuff. It's not nice, and like um, I'll get comments on my legs how how um, good they're looking because I've got tight tights on. Yeah, but underneath. They're not nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. so people will make a comment, and it's like, oh, if they only knew, like, <laughs> what is under there. There's not muscle definition. It's just quite a lot of excess skin. Yeah. But I try not to think 
negatively because my brain will always go to that negative. Yeah, no, and uh, like uh, that's that's what I think is like so important to like even just mention these things because like, like the I guess the the unfortunate or the shit thing like is like you can work really hard like you can lose all this weight like which is why I want to give you so much praise because like um like it's no easy feat what you've done. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, like a lot of the time like you might work really hard and you still maybe don't look quite like how yeah. you how I you wanted to or whatever. I hate, um, like, get your summer body, like, ads or, like, people going on, like, you know, hitting the gym in, like, spring to get their, you know, abs for summer and stuff. And there's no, no matter what I do, I'm not going to get that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. So if there's only a, a small, I suppose, demographic, demographic group of people that are going to be able to work a few months to get yep. summer body <laughs> fit. Yeah. yeah, of course. Like, yeah, it's not attainable for everyone and that's, yeah. Um, what's, the, what's the biggest piece of advice that you could offer people that we could leave them with um, for anyone who's, like, on their weight loss journey and is, um, you know, like, looking for advice uh, or motivation? I think if you try not to go it alone, like, if you go, go to a gym and you've got motivation from a gym maybe a doctor, a dietitian, if you get support, like a support network, that helps because that's definitely helping being in a gym. You know, I see my, my doctors and dietitians regularly just touch base, have a coach. I think that all helps. So you've got people helping you and supporting you on it so you're not just doing it on your own. Yeah, get a good support network around yeah. you. I think these are all very uh, good pieces of advice. Thank you very much for coming on today, Jules. Yeah, thank you for having me, Rolf. Um, if anyone wanted to uh, follow you, can they do so anywhere? And if so, where? Um, Facebook, Jules Jackson. Um, and the same on Instagram, but it's Jules underscore Jackson. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that'll be in the show notes for anyone that would like to check that out. Uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Thanks for listening, like always, guys. Um, take care and peace. Peace.